the SharkJet Podcast, stories that connect. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the SharkJet Podcast. This is your host, Peter Raimholt, and I'm happy you've joined us again. As we celebrate Women's History Month, we continue to remember the significant contributions of women. I'm personally reminded of all the strong and successful women in my life and at our firm. Please remember to say thank you to those women who have made an impact on your life. Today, I'm celebrating not only a successful female leader at the firm, but also my old audit colleague and friend, Mo Temchuk. We will learn about her latest adventure, moving to Switzerland to audit the world's largest reinsurance company. As a Chicago audit senior manager, Mo has built a successful career at KPMG by creating an inclusive culture and fostering collaboration on her teams. During the show, she walks us through a few of the pivotal moments that kick-started her career and led her to Switzerland. Keep listening to hear from our first international podcast guest about how the twists and turns in her career prepared her for her current role and learn a little about the Swiss life during a global pandemic. Hey Mo, welcome to Shy Chat Podcast. We're happy to have you. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Before we get started, could you let us know where you're sitting right now? So I am in my living room in Zurich, Switzerland, actually. And a beautiful Friday afternoon. The sun is shining. It's 60 degrees. The birds are singing. But to make everyone back in Chicago not too jealous, it is supposed to rain tomorrow. So there is that. (laughs) Yeah, we're, we're snow's starting to melt here as well, but I, I think you may be our first official international podcast guest, so that's pretty cool. If you wouldn't mind, can you start with uh, how you first got to KPMG and back in the days when you were stateside? You know, Peter, if I take it back to the beginning, I never planned to be an accountant, you know, so I grew up with my parents. They were both CPAs and You know, I swore up and down that I would never be a CPA. When I started university, I was actually an economics and philosophy major, and I wanted to go to law school. But then when I was picking my major, it was 2008, the market had crashed, and I called my parents and I told them, you know, I just really want to get a a job. And being the practical accountants that they are, they encouraged me to um, take an accounting class and see how I liked it. And if you know, I liked it. Maybe it was something I could should pursue. So I, I took the class. It clicked. And here I am, an accountant, right? So I interned with KPMG in New York. And then I started full-time in Chicago and started my career in Chicago in our audit insurance practice. And after three and a half years, I actually decided to leave KPMG. So that was not an easy decision. I I liked my job. I was good at it. I had a lot of friends at the firm, but I had a lot going on in my personal life and Mm -hmm. I really needed a change. And so at the time, you know, changing jobs just really seemed like the right move to me. Interesting. So uh, were you able to get some new experiences? What what, what kind of uh, what kind of job did you transition to? So so I went to. Um, a front office role at a, at a hedge fund in Chicago. So okay. right away, I knew the role wasn't right. Um, it, it didn't play to my strengths. So I found myself frustrated and unhappy. And so I actually reached out to my mentors that I had from KPMG, and they encouraged me to come back. 
So, you know, this could be viewed as a failure, right? I couldn't cut it. I gave up, um, came back running to KPMG, right? But in fact, it was a success because it really gave me an incredible amount of perspective, Mm -hmm. which sometimes can be hard to come by. You know, now that I look back on it, it honestly was the best career decision I ever made because it did give me that perspective. And that perspective ended up being so valuable. You know, I I worked really hard to make sure that I didn't burn any bridges. um, And I that was always something that was really important to me to maintain those relationships. And, you know, so much of our business is built on relationships. And that was just something that I highly valued. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it's been very important to your career moving forward, which I think is a good transition point. I mean, you've, your relationships and your experiences um, really kind of shaped who you are and, and the fact you've gotten to Zurich, I imagine. So um, when you look back in your career, was there a time or an engagement that was particularly influential um, on driving your success and getting you to where you are now? Mm-hmm, hmm And so after, after I came back to the firm, um, you know, I took on a few challenging projects and then I was promoted to manager. And so I went to work on a client in Springfield, Illinois, the home of Abraham Lincoln himself. Uh, oh yeah. And maybe to set the stage for you of where I was at, I was a new manager. So anyone who's gone, gone through that knows that struggle. I was mm-hmm. constantly reacting. I just could not anticipate and respond. And so I was working on an unfamiliar client with a team that was fairly inexperienced, but that had so much potential. And slowly but surely, things started to come together for me. I made, I made some huge investments into the growth and development of the team, not just from a technical audit perspective, but also from an overhaul, overall leadership perspective. And mm-hmm. maybe, Peter, just to clarify, right, when I say investment, what I mean is time. And what yep. I've learned just throughout my career is that there's really nothing more valuable that you can give someone that your time than your time. And so the influential opportunity really came for me midway through that year. And, you know, I really saw an opportunity to do things differently on this engagement. So I put myself out there and I asked the partner for the opportunity to lead the job. And so he believed in me and gave me that opportunity. And I knew when I took on that challenge, right, it wasn't going to be easy. The client had known pain points, and there was also a partner-manager transition that year. So we just, honestly, we just started with a blank sheet of paper. And and obviously, this is just one influential experience in my career. Um, We haven't even talked about the road to Switzerland yet. And and, and it sounds like you just laid the groundwork on that and, and built that team culture which was, was built the last. Yeah, that was really where, that was really where the focus was. The, the mentality of the team had always been one of driving change and one that was excited about driving change and that really strongly believed in the change that they were driving. So I think when you start with that foundation, it, allows you the opportunity then to build on future success. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of one of my experiences, my last uh, rotation and audit um, under, under the guise of the senior manager of Adam Schlesinger. And he likes, yes. to, he, he, built, he likes to build teams. And, you know, yep. I, I was a rotational. We had a guy from Denver, a guy from Chicago, team from the West Coast. 
and it was an audit that you know had been up and down and we kind of put a bunch of a bunch of folks together that never worked together and yeah. we built this culture and this family i mean th- yeah. these three guys that i got close with we still like text on a regular basis and if i go out to the bay area i'll i'll, I'll go hang out with these guys and like it's just like a friendship a community and that not only drove the audit quality but yeah. the happiness and the lack of turnover and like you know it was just like hanging out with your friends even though we were working the long hours and and had the travel and et cetera. It makes a huge difference. And the people who really were fundamental in helping build this are people whom I would, you know, do basically anything for. And they know that. Um, and in fact, actually one of them, my old senior, Mike Zielinski, he's actually here in, in Europe now. He's, he's in London um, on rotation. And we're hoping at some point after COVID to be able to do a trip together. So so I agree with you. It's it's friendships and relationships that you build for life. Amazing. And and maybe that's a, a good way to segue into, you know, you, you built this culture and this team and this attitude of success that's that's continuing even after you're gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe let's take a step back. How did you get to Switzerland? Did you have some interest in the industry or the country? What were the steps to get there? Yeah, so maybe if I rewind back a few years sure. um, to when I was a young manager, And so the audit tender for a major global insurer had just started. And this organization had major operations just outside of Chicago. So the insurance practice was looking for a young manager to go to Zurich and help with the audit tender. So I've always loved traveling. Um, I am a millennial after all. Uh, And I, I really, 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 really wanted to go. So again, I I took a risk and I just asked and the same partner, um, Eric Elman, who, who gave me the opportunity the first time believed in me and again, gave me the opportunity. So I spent two months between Zurich, London, Los Angeles, and Chicago, really helping wherever I was needed. And we ultimately ended up losing that bid, which was a huge disappointment And I found myself at a crossroads. I had no idea where I would go from there. I really didn't see that next opportunity for me in Chicago. And a few months after, the audit tender for a major global reinsurer came up. And the partners, um, Eric Elman included, asked me to be part of the team. And a few months later, I found myself back in Zurich. And this time, all of the stars aligned and we won. So fast forward a year and a half, I found myself relocating internationally. And so maybe just to round out that story, what I learned is that while at the time the first loss felt like a failure, it was actually a win because I built relationships throughout the KPMG global network Mm -hmm. and I learned an incredible amount. So I was able to leverage that to help the team with the subsequent win. Yeah. And, and we, as you were proposing on this, did you know that if you would have won, that you'd be required to live in Switzerland? I did. It was one of those things that coming out of that previous loss, I was very hesitant to let myself get invested mm-hmm. in that idea that I would potentially be relocating to Switzerland because I didn't want to experience that same level of disappointment that I had previously. So I when we actually won and the partner Frank called me to tell me I was actually in disbelief and (laughs) I can't remember exactly what I said, but I think I yelled 
in the office or screamed or something. And I was sitting in Tom Eamon's office. Mm -hmm. And I remember some, um, maybe it was Adam Schlesinger, either Adam or someone else had walked by and was just like, what's going on? But obviously I couldn't tell anyone at that time because it wasn't public knowledge that we had won. So that whole day was just a whirlwind. Yeah, so Adam thought there must be something else going on with you. Then uh, hopefully you're able yeah, to clarify he, that. He was probably just just <laughs> normal mo. Just <laughs> exactly. No, I wasn't too surprised actually. Didn't okay. Even face him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just used to it by now. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so you guys won. You are very excited. Eventually, it becomes public. Um, yep. So, how long are you planning on living over there? So my contract right now is for three years. Um, I came, we started in October. We we came in October 2020 and my contract is through 2023. But, you know, who knows? Um, I'm not one who likes to plan too far into the future because you never know, you know, what new experiences or opportunities are going to come up. Yeah. So October 2020, how was the how was the move mid global pandemic? It was interesting. Um, It was definitely a very strange time to be relocating internationally. Um, Our our passports actually had gotten stolen en route for the when we were sending in uh, them to have the final visas put in. And yes, it was it was honestly such a nightmare to deal with. And because of the pandemic. There, all of the passport agencies were not processing expedited mm-hmm. passports, and we were supposed yeah. to leave in like two weeks. Um, so KPMG Legal actually helped us get congressional approval for uh, expedited passports. So <laughs> that was one of many hiccups that we yeah. experienced, you know, COVID resulting from an international move. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so eventually you got the congressional approval, which is wild. And then you were <laughs> able to to get over there? Did you have housing organized for you? Like what about the basics of just living there? Yeah. So, um, KPMG sets everyone who is relocating internationally up with a relocation agent who is incredibly helpful in that regard. So, you know, we, when we arrived here, had to be in quarantine for 10 days, which mm-hmm. was not as bad as we had originally anticipated that it would be. But they were able to help us navigate all of those main challenges that you have when you first relocate internationally. Finding yeah. housing, setting up a bank account, getting registered with the government, all of yeah. those kind of things KPMG helps take care of. Well, that's good. To, I mean, once you get there, I'm sure you're plenty, plenty busy with work. So to be able to not have to worry about that, it's got to be a relief. Oh, such a relief. So, Mo, I know that you seem to be someone that's really focused on the team and the culture and really driving success. How has it been moving literally across the pond to a new country, to a new team, to try to you know, put your stamp on the culture and, and the performance of the team? If I'm honest with you, Pierre, you know, I actually have been dreading you to ask me this question, you know, oh, how, how has the transition been? <laughs> because I have I've gone back and forth, right, so many times on how I wanted to respond. And, you know, on one hand, there's the truth, which is that it's been really, really tough. Um, But on the other hand, you know, I feel guilty or maybe ashamed admitting that because I really don't want to let anyone down, including myself. 
maybe to just set the scene for you, last year, the way we work fundamentally changed because of COVID. So Mm -hmm. I went from people-centric, team culture focus, right, every day to what to me felt like isolation. And then I navigated a wedding that had to be rescheduled three times and an international move. You know, I started a new job with a different work culture and I had to build virtual relationships mm-hmm. with people that I didn't know and whom I didn't even speak the same native language as. Yeah. And I took on a mega stretch assignment for an important global client, which also happens to be a first year audit and first year KCW implementation. So all of that while navigating an unprecedented global pandemic. So I'm currently navigating just a tremendous amount of change and you can buy a lot of things, but you can't buy time. And time is where my challenge is at right now. You know, I'm working to find the time to do my work. I'm wishing that I had more time to connect with the team. And I'm also trying to figure out how to make sure that I have quality time at home. You know, Mm -hmm. I just got married and there's always work to be done, but I need time to make sure that I'm okay. But, you know, despite that, you know, I I can feel myself taking root, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Things are hard, but I can feel myself growing. Some things are getting a little easier. And I don't share this to focus on the negative or to complain. I share it because transparency is important to me. And my parents always preach that honesty is the best policy. So if I'm going to share the positive, then it's not an honest picture mm-hmm. without also sharing the negative. And I think some of your experiences are not dissimilar to, to others, even though maybe we didn't all get married during the pandemic and move yeah. to another country in the pandemic and develop, you know, have to, have to you know, run a massive team. I mean, there's a lot of folks that are feeling disconnected. I mean, even like, you know, I've, we, we talked about this before the show, but as two extroverts, this is very difficult to be sitting in the same four walls for about a full year already. And, and that, I think that's something that everybody's kind of struggling with. So with that in mind, is there anything that you've found particularly helpful to deal with the remote working and to find some connection in this time that, of you know, seeming isolation? Being cognizant that I'm not doing this alone, right? That we built a very promising team. We're going to get it going to get through this together. We're all in the same boat and it's about finding opportunities to connect, whether they be virtual happy hours, whether they be weekly coffee chats, Um, you know, the partner on the account also just relocated and someone, you know, Eric is someone I've worked with for a long time. We have a strong level of trust and I know He's not only going to support me, but also the entire team. Mm -hmm. And importantly, most importantly, really, I'm very blessed to have an extremely strong support system at home. Um, My husband, Ben, is truly my partner. And the whole experience has just really confirmed for me that I would be lost without him. And I know we we briefly discussed this, but this reminds me of an old saying that my mother-in-law likes to tell us, which is uh, inch by inch, life's a cinch. Yard by yard, life is hard. And I'll tell you what, I, I, seem, I seemingly like to bite off fathom by fathom, and that makes yeah. my life very difficult. But it's something to kind of concern you and keep you, keep you focused from time to time. Absolutely. And I think the whole concept, right, of 
the fact that we're not doing this alone, that there are other people who are there, whether that be on our teams, in our practices, our PML, um, friends, right, just at the firm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important thing that we all have to remember when we're going through this experience, regardless of whether we have all, you know, experienced the same level of change and challenge. Um, This has been undeniably a life-changing experience for everyone. I don't think life will ever be the same. And we have to remember to take care of ourselves from both a mental health perspective and a physical health perspective and, and keep things in perspective and put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, that, that's great advice. And, and as I'm thinking about you being over there right now, the, one of the things that's top of mind for me is, you know, what, what's the language barrier like in addition to all these other challenges? Um, how's that been for you? So admittedly, my German is not very good, right? My Schweizerdeutsch <laughs> uh, is not very good right now, yeah. but it's a work in process. And my team, they have been so great at uh, helping bring me along in that regard. So mm-hmm. actually, the team started doing a what I'll call a language dictionary, Schweizerdeutsch language dictionary for us, where they have uh, their like words of the day or words of the week. And my favorite Swiss, and it's all Swiss German. Yep. So all of the words in the dictionary are Swiss German. And so there's two that I think are current team favorites. The first is Fiero Bibir, which means after work drinks. And then the second is Stuglistus, which is my personal favorite, which means high heels. I just think it's a really fun uh, word. <laughs> that is awesome. It's just a fun word. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're learning that. And maybe by the end of the three years, you're going to be you'll be teaching everybody else other words that you've been picking up on. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Huh? <laughs> uh, well, that's let's awesome. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I'll do my best. But <laughs> hopefully I'll be able to come back to Chicago and share some of the Schweiz and Deutsch I've learned with the uh, with the folks in Chicago. I'm sure uh, they would. I know for a fact that they would appreciate a good Fiero beer. Oh, my gosh. Everybody could at this point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, well, Mo, as, as you're as you're sitting here and you're kind of we're being a little reflective about your career and your time at KPMG, um, you know, what's something that's you know been very important to you, or what's something that you learned that you'd like to share with the rest of the office and the rest of our podcast list, listeners, based on all your experiences, um, you know, with with and without KPMG. I think for me, it's about being authentic to yourself and remembering that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And that it's important to surround yourself with people whose skill sets complement yours. And that's the whole spirit, right, of a diversity and inclusion and in the spirit of Women's History Month, right? And a focus on finding the strengths that each individual has and capitalizing on those strengths to make the collective whole better, I think is something that can serve us all very well. Yeah, and, and to your advice of being not never be the smartest person in the room, I'm glad I'm following that to a T by talking with you today. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> oh, please. You flatter, Peter. You flatter. <laughs> well, uh, well, Mo, uh, if we're going to focus on being authentically me, I know we're, we're kind of getting to the end of the podcast, but before we finish up, 
Uh, I'm going to hit you with my signature lightning round and ask you five random questions, nothing you can prepare for, and see what you come up with. How's that I sound? Love it. Yes, let's do it. All right. Uh, we'll start with one that's a little more topical. Uh, what food do you miss the most from the U.S.? Mexican food, hands down. Mexican food is just not the same in Europe. All right. Uh, number two, if you retired tomorrow, where would you live? I would 100% live in Carmel by the Sea in, in Big Sur, California. It is probably my favorite place in the, in the entire world. Is Ben good with that as well? Yeah, I think Ben would be very happy to live in Carmel by the Sea as well. We love it. Um, all right, number three. Uh, what is something that really annoys you but doesn't bother most people? You know, I think it's probably when I hate when people use different fonts in the same document. So <laughs> I don't think most people would actually notice that with the exception of Jason Parsons. And I know he would agree with this. Um, I That is something that really annoys me. But I, I think most people wouldn't even notice. They just read over it and not even not even notice but i'm just like it it's just something that i will immediately pick out uh, yeah. okay number four um what is the creature comfort that you miss the most from being in chicago 100 percent understanding what people say when they first speak to me yeah that is that one that one's tough um that, I, that I, is that is tough um that is the number one thing i definitely miss I was I was uh, I was hoping the big thing I missed when I lived in Europe was a dryer. We didn't have a dryer at the house, so uh, so the, the t-shirts would always be have to be hung dry, so they'd be all crinkly. So like I really missed that. But maybe you are living the life of luxury with a washer and dryer. Luckily, I am living the life of luxury with a washer <laughs> and dryer. That's awesome. Okay, well uh, here's the last one. Um, what smell to you brings back particularly great memories? Okay, so it's actually the smell of, like, children's sunscreen. Really? What's so, it bring back? It, so it just reminds me of when I was growing up, my mom, so I have a twin sister, Elizabeth. She also works at KPMG. But every summer we lived for going to the Bloomingdale Park District pool. And I just remember, do you remember when they had that color-changing sunscreen? Oh, yeah. It was, like, purple and it would turn to white. I just remember my mom like putting that on us every time, every day when we would go to the pool, and that just always brings back such like fond memories of my childhood with like my parents and my sister um, swimming in the pool, going on vacation. That smell just always brings something back, brings back those memories for me. Uh, that's wonderful, and, th- and thanks for entertaining us with these questions, Mo, and 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 answering my lightning rounds, even if they're a little bit goofy. I like it. You know, I'm always down for some goofy questions. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, Well, anyways, thanks again, Mo, for coming on the podcast. And we really appreciate all you do for KPMG, but also uh, the women. And I know you've been active in the No Network. I know you didn't touch on that. But uh, everything you've done for the firm and, you know, really been inspiring to a lot of us out here. So thanks for joining and appreciate you opening up about your story. Thanks, Peter, for having me. And uh, it was fun. Thank you for listening to the Shy Chat Podcast with your host, Peter Reinhold. For more information about Mo's Swiss adventure or her commitment to diverse teams, please contact Mo Temchuk at maureentemchuk at kpmg.com. If you like what you heard today, spread the word. 
And if you or someone you know has a great story that you think we should highlight, please contact Aaron Bailey at ebailey at kpmg.com or me at pramholt at kpmg.com.